Chapter Seven of *The Temptation of Saint Anthony* by Gustav Flaubert, translated by Lafcadio Hearn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tony Addison. An exceedingly cold, opaque, and fetid mist fills the atmosphere. Anthony, groping with his hands like a blind man. Where am I? I fear lest I fall into the abyss and the cross. Surely it's too far from me. Oh, what a night! What a terrible night! The mist is parted by a gust of wind, and Antony sees two men covered with long white tunics. The first is of lofty stature, with a gentle face and a grave mien. His blond hair parted like that of Christ, falls upon his shoulders. He has cast aside a wand that he had been holding in his hand. His companion takes it up, making a reverence after the fashion of the Orientals. The latter is small of stature, thick-set, flat-nosed. His neck and shoulders expresses good-natured simplicity. Both are barefooted, bareheaded, and dusty, like persons who have made a long journey. Antony, starting up, What do ye seek? Speak, or be gone from here. Damis, who is a little man, Nay, nay, be not angered, good hermit. As for that I seek, I know not myself what it is. Here is the master. He sits down. The other stranger remains standing, silence. Antony asks. Then ye come? Damis. Oh, from afar off, oh, very far off. Antony. And ye go? Damis, pointing to the other. Whithersoever he shall desire. Antony, but who may he be? Damis, look well upon him. Antony, aside, he looks like a saint. If I could only dare. The mist is all gone. The night is very clear. The moon shines. Damis, of what art thou dreaming that thou dost not speak? Antony, I was thinking, oh, oh nothing. Damis approaches Apollonius and walks all round him several times, bending himself as he walks, never raising his head. Master, here is a Galilean hermit who desires to know the beginnings of wisdom. Apollonius, let him approach. Antony hesitates. Damis, approach. Apollonius, in a voice of thunder, approach, thou who wouldst know who I am what i have done and what i think is it not so 
child. Antony. Always supposing that these things can contribute to the salvation of my soul. Apollonius. Rejoice. I am about to inform thee of them. Damis in an undertone to Antony. Is it possible? He must surely have at the first glance discerned in thee extraordinary aptitude for philosophy. I shall also strive to profit by his instruction. Apollonius, first of all, I shall tell thee of the long course which I have followed in order to obtain the doctrine, and if thou canst discover in all my life one evil action, thou shalt bid me pause, for he who hath erred in his actions may well give scandal by his words. Damis to Antony, how just a man is he not? Antony, indeed i believe him to be sincere apollonius upon the night of my birth my mother imagined that she was gathering flowers by the shore of a great lake a flash of lightning appeared and she brought me into the world to the music of the voices of swans singing to her in her dream until i had reached the age of fifteen i was plunged thrice a day into the fountain asbadeus whose waters make perjurers hydropical and my body was rubbed with the leaves of the onitsa that i might be chased a palmyrian princess came one evening to seek me offering me treasures that she knew to be in the tombs. A hierodule of the temple of Diana slew herself in despair with the sacrificial knife, and the governor of Cilicia, finding all his promises of no avail, cried out in the presence of my family that he would cause my death. But it was he that died only three days after, assassinated by the Romans. Damis, nudging Antony with his elbow, eh, did I not tell thee? Oh, what a man! Apollonius, for the space of four successive years, I maintained the unbroken silence of the Pythagoreans. The most sudden and unexpected pain never extorted a sigh from me and when I used to enter the theatre, all drew away from me as from a phantom. Damis, oh, wouldst thou have done so much, thou? Apollonius, after the period of my trial had been accomplished, I undertook to instruct the priests regarding the tradition they had lost. Antony, uh, what tradition? Damis, interrupt him not, or be silent. Apollonius, I have conversed with the Samaneans of the Ganges, with the astrologers of Chaldea, with the Magi of Babylon, with the Gaulish Druids, with the priests of the Negroes, 
I have ascended the fourteen Olympii. I have sounded the Scythian lakes. I have measured the breadth of the desert. Damis. It is all true. I was with him the while. Apollonius. But first I had visited the Hyrcanian Sea. I made the tour of it, and, descending by way of the country of the Bariomati, where Bucephalus is buried, I approached the city of Nineveh. At the gates of the city a man drew near me. Thomas, I, even I, good master, I loved thee from the first. Thou wert gentler than a girl, and more beautiful than a god. Apollonius, without hearing him, he asked me to accompany him, that he might serve as interpreter. Damis, but thou didst reply that all languages were familiar to thee, and that thou couldst divine all thoughts. Then I kissed the hem of thy mantle, and proceeded to walk behind thee. Apollonius, after Tessiphon, we entered upon the territory of Babylon, Damis, and the satrap cried aloud on beholding a man so pale. Antony aside, what signifies this? Apollonius, the king received me standing near a throne of silver in a hall constellated with stars. From the cupola hung suspended by invisible threads four great birds of gold with wings extended antony dreamily can there be such things in the world damis ah that is a city that babylon everybody there is rich the houses which are painted blue have doors of bronze and flights of steps descending to the river drawing lines upon the ground with his stick like that seest thou and then there are temples there are squares there are baths there are aqueducts or the palaces are roofed with red brass and the interior oh if thou only knewest apollonius upon the north wall rises a tower which supports a second a third a fourth a fifth and there are also three others the eighth is a chapel containing a bed no one enters it save the woman chosen by the priests for the god belus i was lodged there by order of the king of babylon damis as for me they hardly deigned to give me any attention so i walked through the streets all by myself i informed myself regarding the customs of the people i visited the workshops i examined the great machines that carry water to the gardens but i soon wearied of being separated from the master apollonius at last we left babylon and as we travelled by the light of the moon we suddenly beheld an empusa damis i indeed she leaped upon her iron hoof she brayed like an ass or she galloped among the rocks he shouted imprecations at her she disappeared antony aside what can be their motive apollonius at Taxila, the capital of five thousand fortresses, Phraortes, king of the Ganges, showed us his guard of black men, whose stature was five cubits, 
and under a pavilion of green brocade in his gardens an enormous elephant which the queens amused themselves by perfuming it was the elephant of porus which had taken flight after the death of alexander damis and which had been found again in a forest antony their speech is superabundant like that of drunken men apollonius phraortes seated us at his own table damis how strange a country that was during their drinking carousals the lords used to amuse themselves by shooting arrows under the feet of a dancing child but i did not approve apollonius when i was ready to depart the king gave me a parasol and he said to me i have a stud of white camels upon the indus when thou shalt have no further use for them blow in their ears they will come back we descended along the river marching at night by the light of the fireflies which glimmered among the bamboos the slave whistled an air to drive away the serpents and our camels bent down in passing below the branches of the trees as if passing under low gates one day a black child who held a golden caducius in his hand conducted us to the college of the sages iarchus their chief spoke to me of my ancestors told me of all my thoughts of all my actions of all my existences in former time he had been the river indus and he reminded me that i had once been a boatman upon the nile in the time of king sesostris damis as for me they tell me nothing so that i know not who or what i have been antony they have a vague look like shadows apollonius upon the shores of the sea we met with the milk gourd cynocephali who were returning from their expedition to the island taprobana the tepid waves rolled blond pearls to our feet the amber crackled beneath our steps whale skeletons were whitening in the crevasses of the cliffs at last the land became narrow as a sandal and after casting drops of ocean water toward the sun we turned to the right to return so we returned through the region of aromatics by way of the country of the gangarides the promontory of camaria the country of the sachalites of the adramites and of the homemerites then across the cassanian mountains the red sea and the island topazos we penetrated into ethiopia through the country of the pygmies antony to himself how vast the world is damis and after we had returned home we found that all those whom we used to know were dead antony lowers his head silence apollonius continues then men began to talk of me the world over the plague was ravaging ephesus i made them stone an old mendicant there damis and forthwith 
the plague departed antony what does he drive away pestilence apollonius at Cnidos, i cursed the man that had become enamoured of venus damis i a fool who had even vowed to espouse her to love a woman is at least comprehensible but to love a statue oh what madness the master placed his hand upon the young man's heart and the fire of that love was at once extinguished antony how does he also cast out devils apollonius at tarentum they were carrying the dead body of a young girl to the funeral pyre damis the master touched her lips and she arose and called her mother antony what he raises the dead apollonius i predicted to vespasian his accession to power antony what he foretells the future damis at corinth there was a apollonius it was when i was at table with him at the waters of Bayard. antony excuse me strangers it is very late damis at corinth there was a young man called menippus antony no no go ye away apollonius a dog came in bearing a severed hand in his mouth damis one evening in one of the suburbs he met a woman antony do ye not hear me be gone apollonius he wandered in a bewildered way around the couches antony enough apollonius they sought to drive him out damis so menippus went with her to her house they loved one another apollonius and gently beating the mosaic pavement with his tail he laid the severed hand upon the knees of flavius damis but next morning during the lessons in the school menippus was pale antony starting up in anger still continuing ah then let them continue till they be weary inasmuch as there is no damis the master said to him o oh, beautiful youth thou dost caress a serpent by a serpent thou art caressed and when shall be the nuptials we all went to the wedding antony assuredly i am doing wrong to hearken to such a story damis servants were hurrying to and fro in the vestibule doors were opening nevertheless there was no sound made either by the fall of the footsteps nor the closing of the doors the master placed himself beside menippus and the bride forthwith became angered against the philosophers but the vessels of gold the cupbearers the cooks the panthers disappeared the roof receded and vanished into air the walls crumbled down and apollonius stood alone with the woman at his feet all in tears she was a vampire who satisfied the beautiful young men in order to devour their flesh for nothing is more desirable for such phantoms than the blood of amorous youths apollonius if thou shouldst desire to learn the art antony i do not wish to learn anything apollonius the same evening that we arrived at the gates of rome antony oh yes speak to me rather of the city of popes apollonius a drunken man accosted us who was singing in a low voice 
the song was an epithalamium of nero and he had the power to cause the death of whosoever should hear it with indifference in a box upon his shoulders he carried a string taken from the emperor's sithera i shrugged my shoulders he flung mud in our faces then i unfastened my girdle and placed it in this hand damis in sooth oh thou wert most imprudent apollonius during the night the emperor summoned me to his house he was playing at oscillates with sporus supporting his left arm upon a table of agate he turned and knitting his brows demanded how comes it that thou dost not fear me because i replied the god who made thee terrible also made me intrepid antony to himself there is something inexplicable that terrifies me silence damis breaking the silence with his shrill voice moreover all asia can tell thee antony starting up i am ill oh let me be damis but listen at ephesus he beheld them killing domitian who was at rome antony with a forced laugh is it possible damis yes at the theatre at noonday the fourteenth of the calendar of october he suddenly cried out caesar is being murdered and from time to time he would continue to ejaculate he rolls upon the pavement oh how he struggles he rises he tries to flee the doors are fastened ah it is all over he is dead and in fact titus flavius domitianus was assassinated upon that very day as thou knowest antony without the aid of the devil certainly apollonius he had purposed putting me to death that same domitian damis had taken flight according to my order and i remained alone in my prison damis a terrible hardihood on my part it must be confessed apollonius about the fifth hour the soldiers led me before the tribunal i had my harangue already hidden beneath my mantle damis we others were then upon the shores of puteoli we believed thee dead we were all weeping when all of a sudden about the sixth hour thou didst suddenly appear before us exclaiming it is i antony to himself even as he damis in a very loud voice precisely antony oh no ye lie is it not so ye lie apollonius he descended from heaven i rise thither by the power of my virtue that has lifted me up even to the height of the principle of all things damis tyana his natal city has established in his honour a temple and a priesthood apollonius draws near antony and shouts in his ear it is because i know all gods all rites all prayers all oracles i have penetrated into the cave of Traponius, son of apollo i have kneaded for syracusan women the cakes which they carry to the mountains i have endured the eighty tests of mithra i have pressed to my heart 
the serpent of Sabasius. I have received the staff of Kabirai. I have laved Sibeli in the waters of the Campanian gulps, and I have passed three moons in the caverns of Samothracia. Damis, with a stupid laugh, <laughs> at the mysteries of the good goddess. Apollonius, and now we recommence our pilgrimage. We go to the north, to the land of swans and of snows. Upon the vast white plains, the blind hippopodes break with the tips of their feet the ultramarine plant. Damis, hasten, it is already dawn. The cock has crowed, the horse has neighed, the sail is hoisted. Antony, the cock has not crowed. I hear the locusts in the sands, and I see the moon still in her place. Apollonius, we go to the south, beyond the mountains and the mighty waters, to seek in perfumes the secret source of love. Thou shalt inhale the odour of Merodion, which makes the weak die. Thou shalt bathe thy body in the lake of rose oil, which is in the island Junonia. Thou shalt see slumbering upon primroses that lizard which awakes every hundred years, when the carbuncle upon its forehead, arriving at maturity, falls to the ground. The stars palpitate like eyes, the cascades sing like the melody of lyres. Strange intoxication is exhaled by blossoming flowers. Thy mind shall grow vaster in that air, and thy heart shall change even as thy face. Damis, Master, it is time. The wind has risen. The swallows awaken. The myrtle leaves are blown away. Apollonius, yes, let us go. Antony, nay, I remain here. Apollonius, shall I tell thee where grows the plant Balus that resurrects the dead? Damis, nay, ask him rather for the Audradamas which attracts silver, iron, and brass. Antony, oh, how I suffer, how I suffer. Damis, thou shalt comprehend the voices of all living creatures, the roarings, the cooings. Apollonius, I shall enable thee to ride upon unicorns and upon dragons upon hippocentaurs and dolphins antony weeping <laughs> apollonius thou shalt know the demons that dwell in the caverns the demons that mutter in the woods the demons that move in the waves the demons that push the clouds damis Tighten thy girdle, fasten thy sandals. Apollonius, I shall explain to thee the reason of divine forms. Why Apollo stands, why Jupiter is seated, why Venus is black at Corinth, square-shaped at Athens, conical at Paphos. Antony clasping his hands, let them be gone, let them be gone. Apollonius, in thy presence i will tear down the panoplies of the gods 
we shall force open the sanctuaries. I will enable thee to violate the Pythoness. Antony, help! Oh, my God! He rushes to the cross. Apollonius, what is thy desire? What is thy dream? Thou needst only devote the moment of time necessary to think of it. Antony, Jesus, Jesus, help me! Apollonius, dost thou wish me to make him appear thy Jesus? Antony, what? How? Apollonius, it shall be he, no other. He will cast off his crown, and we shall converse face to face. Damis, in an undertone, say thou dost indeed wish it. Say thou dost desire it. Antony, kneeling before the cross, murmurs prayers. Damis walks around him with wheedling gestures. Nay, oh nay, good hermit, be not horrified. These are only exaggerated forms of speech, borrowed from the Orientals, or they need in no way Apollonius. Let him alone, Damis. He believes, like a brute, in the reality of things. The terror which he entertains of the gods prevents him from comprehending them, and he debases his own god to the level of a jealous king. But thou, my son, do not leave me. He moves to the edge of the cliff, walking backward, passes beyond the verge of the precipice, and remains suspended in air. Above all forms, farther than the ends of the earth, beyond the heavens themselves, lies the world of idea, replete with the splendor of the word. With one bound, we shall traverse the impending spaces, and thou shalt behold, in all his infinity, the eternal, the absolute, the being. Come, give me thy hand, let us rise. Side by side, both rise up through the air slowly. Antony, clinging to the cross, watches them rise. They disappear. End of chapter 7